Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's a Northwest MX podcast. Um, I'm your host, Joey Lancaster. And man, what a journey it's been. Um, 13 years ago, I started this thing off and uh, nobody knew what a podcast was. So yeah, the world's definitely changed. And I've dabbled in it uh, in and out uh, over the years. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's still always on my mind. And, uh, you know, 2010, we started uh, uh, right at the very end is when I started uh, motothenorthwest.com as a uh, media website for uh, Northwest Moto. And then uh, main reason for starting that was I had an idea to do uh, what uh, I had read about was a podcast that a uh, few people were doing back then and nobody really had too much of it happening uh, in the moto industry. But um, yeah, anyhow, fast forward and, uh, you know, life comes at you fast, as they always say. And and uh, we've had a ton of a ton of fun bringing the 125 Dream Race and a ton of other events to uh, to the Northwest. And and uh, anybody that knows me knows I, I love telling stories and I love chatting with people. And, and uh, you know, uh, I also, when I get around those people that also like to tell stories, uh, you know, we, we just keep on chatting. And, and uh, it's great to sit down with those people because a podcast is one of those things where, you know, you put those headphones on and, and uh, you're, you're locked in, you know, the, the outside world kind of uh, goes away and you're able to really spend some time. Um, with some really interesting people. So, um, a lot of friends, a lot of family and, and, uh, and fun people I've raced with over the years. And, and, uh, this one is actually with, uh, Sean McDonald. He's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a man kind of behind the scenes. He's been in the industry for a long time. He's worked at a lot of shops, uh, uh, in the service departments and parts departments. And, and he's, uh, been a great friend here. He's, he's always here at the, at the house, at the shop, helping me prep stuff and, and build, build 125s and, and prep bikes for 24 hour races and anything and everything, you know, between shop, uh, builds and, and, uh, even just building the shop in general, like, um, yeah, a great friend. And, uh, I wanted to, uh, to kind of get him on, we were just hanging out at the house and I'm like, let's start this thing back up. So, uh, I got him on there. So, so that'll be, uh, Sean McDonald here on the Northwest MX podcast. But real quick, let's thank some of our sponsors. So first off, Fox Racing, their new V3 RS helmet. And uh, this is something that I've been able to test up here in the Northwest before it came out. It just did launch. And their new uh, MIPS Integra system is is a pretty slick system. Um, again, any helmet that you're wearing out there, you should be wearing some sort of a helmet that has some sort of a rotational management system. And that's what the MIPS is. The carbon shell, the speaker uh, recess um, even those off-road guys, it has a hydration system, uh, set up for it. And the coolest part is it comes with all kinds of spare parts with an extra visor, uh, extra cheek pads. So one size thicker and thinner cheek pads, along with uh, a mud visor for us up here in the Northwest. So thanks to Fox racing. You can see more at foxracing.com. Of course, our longtime friends, Deval Racing, the X-Shot Whole Shot System. Um, <laughs> I've had to borrow one a few times. Um, Garrett actually uh, gave me a fresh one for my uh, KX450, but uh, I used that to grab a few whole shots at last year with the boys up there at the um, Northwest Vet MX Series at Washougal. So thanks to Deval Racing, and uh, you can f- find out more there at DevalRacing.com. And again, longtime friends, uh, Fusion Graphics, um, I always joke that, uh, they'll make you look fast even when you are slow. And, uh, as the older I get, the slower I will get. So I guess I'm going to have to go grab myself some new fusion graphics. So thanks to those guys. Check out fusiongraphics.com. Now off to the show. All right, Sean, I knew you when you had hair down to your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. High school, man. Those were, those were different times. 
<laughs> and um, well, so obviously we spend a ton of time together now. You're always out here on weekends here at the house. We're always working on stuff, building stuff, right. staying uh, staying uh, busy doing that stuff. But uh, I'm trying to remember, did we originally meet? In B- BMX days, the jumps behind Suburban Ford and Sandy? Yeah. Is that where we originally met? Originally met. Like, I knew you in school, but I didn't really know you, you know? Yeah. And I think I actually met Nick Big Red first, um, and it, but then that led me to meeting you uh, through that side of the group of friends. So what do we think this is? Do we think this is like uh, 97, 98? I think it's 98, I, I want to say. Because uh, you graduated in 2000. Right. Yeah. So I'm an 02 model. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, so I was a bit ahead of you. And, um, yeah, so it was Nick's class. And, um, yeah, so I want to say it was like 98 because, yeah, the first <laughs> couple of years of high school for me were a little on the rough end of things. So I wasn't really riding or doing anything. I was screwing off and being dumb. So by – you know, end of sophomore year into my junior year, which would have been 98, 99. That's when I really started riding. And then that's, I think, when it all kind of came together. So so BMX, that was like the whole group. Um, well, Doug was one of our, yeah. was one of our buddies. But, right. um, well, Doug, Nick, like you were just saying, like all of us hung out. We used to skip school and go dig dirt jumps back right. there behind <laughs> Suburban Ford. Yep. And... Uh, and so then, so that's what we, that's, which all makes sense to me. That's the way I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then, you know, it's, it's evolved over the years and to where, uh, you know, now we've, it, we always laugh about the stuff that we end up getting our hands in, like building XR, you know, 600s and 250s to go race them for 24 hours. Right. Um, building, uh, random clapped out bikes to go to like 21 and hammered events uh-huh. building. You've helped me build like, 125s for 125 dream race bikes uh other 125s uh prepping my race bikes for you're kind of like the you're like the mechanic for all of the crazy shit that goes down (laughs) (laughs) right yep i know and i just it's funny how uh, i just fell into it that way you know just like being friends with you like it just naturally progressed that way you know it's like yeah all all the way into building slot car tracks for events right thanks for talking me into that one for sure yeah (laughs) Uh, so it starts out with us riding BMX bikes, which is hilarious because every once in a while I see fo- those photos and I, I, it's funny chatting with a lot of people in the moto world. They're like, I don't really, I don't remember, or, you know, I never thought you rode BMX bikes. Well, I didn't have any money growing up right, and yeah, I, I could ride a BMX bike all day long and I could dig dirt jumps. I was lucky enough to have a little bit of property. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah, it was always the, the BMX thing was easy, and then traveling around to like skate parks and doing the whole thing with with other friends. Like Nick Sturdy was another one yeah. of, our, of a group of our yeah. friends, you know, that we, we used to go out there and dig dirt jumps and whatnot. Um, so so that's kind of how it evolved, and that was right at the end of you were just just getting out of high school or close, right at that point. Close, it yeah. Was, that was ninety eight. So you you were what a well probably I was ju- it was like going year? into junior year, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, and then graduated early, like to I actually graduated like late ninety nine. So yeah, and, okay, yeah. So and so then that's like Nick's class, and um, so you graduate, you leave, and then I'm left. It's me and like Daniel Solso and Andrew McClure. And we call we call each other like the 1999 Sandy High School dirt bike team, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what it <laughs> uh, was. But uh, 
but yeah, and then so then it comes full circle to uh, when we first really started hanging out was I finally got a job at Oregon Lawn and Tractor. My first job was that besides working with my dad, my first real job right. that what well I should say first job that I had to clock in for right that right, wasn't like uh, construction with my dad right which is actually it was easier to go to work at, <laughs> at ace hardware than it was to you know to to do construction work but sure. um yeah so anyhow i started working there and then not too long after that uh was i um basically i got i, I was i was i wanted to move out but i needed i can't remember how the exact timeline worked but anyhow there's a, the Oregon lawn and tractor moved into town. And it was yeah. a, so it was the tractor place. Right. And every other day on my way home from school, I like, I was like pulled in and I was like, Hey, do you guys need a guy? And they're like, Nope. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, do you guys need a guy? Nope. Hey, do you guys need a guy? Nope. And then finally they're like, I think they hired me cause they, they didn't want to hear from me anymore. Basically. <laughs> yeah. They're just, you annoy them so much that they, you just have to give them a job. <laughs> right. But then, so yeah, so they, they hired me there and I was attacking the back just, basically like prepping all of the lawnmowers that people would bring in every year. And, uh, and then you ended up coming by kind of same thing, right? You were just looking for a job. Now, was that before we started doing moto stuff or how did it you was. end up there? It was. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I was riding dirt bikes and stuff, but we weren't really doing a whole lot of that. Like, yeah, from the time of high school to that point, there was kind of like this separation time with a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And so, and then just kind of figuring life out and whatever. And so I was working for G.I. Joe's at the time in Gresham and uh, running their automotive. Joe's. I know. I miss that <laughs> store, man. Dick's Sporting Goods is not the same thing. <laughs> it's just not. So, um, But, yeah, I ran their automotive uh, department with some other people. And, and uh, uh, I just I hit a point where I was like, I need to get out of the retail. And I, I've always had the goal of uh being a technician in power sports industry yeah. you know that's from the age of like 14 15 i chosen that's what i'm gonna do you know and so i don't know some things were going on there and i decided this is the moment where like i need to figure out how i'm gonna get into this because i remember so you just want to be in the industry <laughs> basically i want to be in the industry and quick side note prior to that before I even had a license, I'd be, I'd ride my BMX bike all the way. Like I'd get on the bus, get in the town, ride it to Yamaha sports plaza where I work now, which was actually action motorsports back then. <laughs> yep. And I would hound them for a job in the same way you were like doing with these yep. guys, but they never hired me, you know? Yeah. So, so then cut to GI Joe's and then, you know, of course I drive molder and whatever. And, um, I happened to hear about a job available there. And I don't remember if it was like the help wanted in the window or like, how I even found out about it, I can't remember that part, but I just remember going in and I saw you at the counter and I was like, I just remember pointing at you like, dude, what's up? Like, you know, and then we started talking you're like, oh, what's going on? And then we kind of like reconnected right there. And I said something about, you know, a job and then Kevin, our boss, your boss, yeah. um, popped in and uh, I was like, hey, I'm looking for a job and well, let's talk, you know? And so then that's how it happened right there. And basically, you know, Kevin liked me and, and, uh, um, you know, basically got the job as a entry level technician at OLT. It's kind of, it's kind of the same deal. I didn't have to hound, but, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Kevin was, you know, I, I look back at my career coming into like the motorcycle industry or like just a career in general. Right. And you, there's like some of those key people that are like, Oh yeah, that guy was there, you know, like, Right. He, I had no idea that 
getting a job at a uh, lawn and you know lawn and garden a lawnmower shop in my lo- in my hometown would lead to like being put right next to somebody that went took his whole career all the way through MMI and yeah. wanted to be a motorcycle tech and then he stumbled upon the lawn and garden industry and realized that he made way more money fixing those tractors at that point rather than uh you know something else right right yeah but what yeah. it allowed me to do is that at that point like i knew general maintenance on my dirt bike sure. right yeah. general maintenance right at at that point i was i mean i was an intermediate you know rider and you know i could service the air filters i could do everything i needed to do to essentially keep my bike on the track but as soon as there yeah. was a failure or some big service that needed to be done like i had no idea right right yeah so yeah what was cool there is I was learning just regular service stuff through lawn and, lawn and garden. It's still a small engine. It's still right. a lot of the same mechanics apply, right? I'm yep. learning all kinds of cool stuff, right? But then I started bringing my bike in, and then after the uh, after the uh, uh, day was over, he would be like, oh, bring it over here. Oh, look, you got a leaky fork seal. Like, let's change that out. Oh, or I remember yeah. I ended up uh, like uh, – destroying a crank on one of my CR125s mm. and so I brought it in and he showed me how to split the cases pull the oh, tranny okay. out like you know throw the new crank in bearings like the whole 9 yards and put that back together you know a ton of other stuff too so right, yeah. but yeah it was crazy how both of us kind of ended up <laughs> falling into that a little bit and I I learned a lot from him um at that point but um but oh, yeah really. that's so that's when we started hanging out again together right there right. and then you know and then it will and so then it throws us full circle into the RC car world, which oh, yeah. <laughs> which you've drug hardcore into my life with the track that we've got built here. But because um, right, yep, yep. Kevin was like, he brought one of those uh, associated GT RC ten GT RC ten GT yeah. trucks to work, yeah. and me and you were both like, oh RC car, yeah, let's check that out. <laughs> right. And I did. I, I'll never forget when he hit the little ramp that we made and he was like, yeah. And then he hit the brakes in the air and it brought the front end down and then just, yeah. And it hit the ground. Oh, right. And yeah. I was like, Oh, it, it handles just like a dirt bike. Yeah. Like I got to buy one right now. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It has ergonomics. Like yeah. That. <laughs> so then that, yeah, those, that next week, both of us bought those and then, yeah, we came here, right. yeah. you know, to, you know, obviously here at Lancaster land and then we built the track in the back and then yeah, had a the good time track. Yeah, racing <laughs> those behind the barn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was so. That was when we first really started uh, figuring it out, and then we kind of opened that up into a um, uh, a moto shop, essentially, right? Like, yeah. we started. People started seeing that we were doing work on dirt bikes, and then they were right. dropping off their chainsaws or lawn, you know, tractors or right. mowers then, hey, or whatever. This LT two thirty that's been rotting in this barn. You want to check it out? Right. Bring it in. You yep. Know? Yep. <laughs> And I want to say just as a like side note to that, like era, like that's probably like oh three, you think about? Yeah, yep. Probably two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right around there. Because then not so I was on a two thousand three CR one twenty five, right. and then right after that's when I got my oh four CRF two fifty because that, that was right when the four stroke two fifty started coming in. So we were trying to figure yeah. out all that stuff, and then you did some built some cool wheels, uh, some cool hubs, and dialed some wheels in for me, and um, yeah, those were. Yeah, and then you were kind of helping me out with a little bit of mechanic stuff on the side, and and uh, and kind of traveling around, and and so what at this time? So I mean, I guess to go way back, like your dad got you into dirt bikes, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, it's, I mean, your mom too, because she helped buy shit or drag you to some dude's 
Nicolad's address. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the, that'll be a good story. For some, um, like what was it? The, it was the RM125. Was that your first that was, bike, or what was uh, the, the the first one that like legitimately owned that? You know, okay, it was bought for me, but it was let's be real, it was three hundred fifty bucks on Craigslist so, or like Nicolad's. Actually. Yeah, yeah, Nicolad's. Yeah, and uh, for any of you out there who are old enough to even know what that is, so dude, think <laughs> about know, like, think <laughs> about that right now. Yeah. Think about if because w- what did they give you back then? Like how many characters? Like how many words? Maybe oh, 30, 30 words, twenty five words. 20 words i want to say it was 25 or 30 yeah like it was not okay. a lot <laughs> describe to me right now a bike to go look at that's th- like i don't know two hours from here that you can only use three words for and i'm gonna read those three words or you know or, or not three words but those 20 words i'm gonna be yeah. like i'm gonna drive two hours and go check this out <laughs> right <laughs> you know uh, yeah i don't i don't even know i couldn't I, off the top of my head i don't think i could come up with the ad but to that point yeah um there's not in this day. Oh well, no! It would, like, it would be like yeah, it would be like uh, uh, yellow RM one twenty five or no yellow RM one twenty five dog eight seat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's use that example. Runs. Yeah, my RM the RM one twenty five that I got. I it was only a sentence long, but it was seventy eight RM one twenty five runs beat dog eight seat. <laughs> have title that's all it said 350 bucks and it was out of milano somewhere yeah you know which is ding, da, da, ding, ding, ding. you know like you're out in the middle of the sticks and what's great when i showed up to get that thing they were trying to bump start it when i showed up so this dude and his buddy were pushing it down their gravel driveway and it would not run they could not yeah. get it to run and then it, it fired and I went, okay, at least it runs. Give them 350 bucks. And I think that's what we paid for it. And we threw it in the back of my mom's escort hatch <laughs> with the front wheel hanging <laughs> off the back, dragging on the ground to get it home. <laughs> Same way we took it to Christmas Valley. Really? <laughs> yep. <No way. laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good bike. I wish I still had that one. So, But, wait, yeah, you know, Nicolads, that's where it came from. Yeah, know? I remember. I mean, I still have a old Husky CR250. It's like a 79 that I remember going to get with my dad and oh, it was okay. out of the Nicolads. And it's like, you just nice. read this little thing and you decided off of not even a paragraph that you were going to go on an adventure today <laughs> to go buy something you've never seen. Yep. A hundred percent. And it was fun. It was actually like, I mean, you never really knew what you were getting into, but like at the same time, it was like you said, an adventure. So it was kind of fun just not knowing. Yeah. Am I coming home with this or not? Like, I right. don't know, you know? So. And so Southern California, that's where your dad started. Or where he yeah. got into it, right? Yeah, he's so he's from Portland, but he spent most of his life in in Southern Cali, mm-hmm. uh, teenage years and stuff. And then in his most of his like adult life, I would say before he moved east, it was all California. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what got you into it. Then you get the the RM125, right? Then you're learning how to work on that thing, and then come full circle back to hanging out with me at Oregon Lawn and Tractor. We're trying to figure it out. At that time, you have a CR250, right? Yeah, that 93 CR250. I'm trying to think. Actually, I think it was right before. I think I still had, because we were working uh, Oregon Lawn and Tractor at the time, I still had my 88 KX 125. Um, and then it was, I sold, because my old buddy Steve had a buddy uh, with that CR250. And so I hustled to sell the 88 KX so I could buy the CR. So it was right in that time frame that whole transaction happened and transition where I ended up with the with the 93 CR 250 which should have never sold that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, but so basically yeah, I had the the 93. So Okay. Yeah. So yeah, cuz I remember we were working on that and then not 
too long after that, right? Not too long. You, you ended up getting, uh, well, what did you have? Cause you got, you, you lucked out and you bought the last year of the KX125. Right. Yeah. So 2005. So we jump up. So, oh, late oh five. So December oh five, I believe it was, is when I was like, man, I'm ready to buy a new bike because I rode some of your bikes around and I got mad because my stuff's clapped out <laughs> and I'm trying to fix it, but I had no money and I was just like, it's time to buy a new bike. So I, late oh five, I bought the very last KX125 in the Northwest. Everybody was sold out of them. When, so when did you have my old 2000 though? Uh, that was before that. So, okay. yeah. So I had bought, so the 93 I had for a while. And then I want to say when I sold the 93 is when I bought the 2000 CR 125. Okay. Yeah. Which my dad bought back from you or. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He has it. So again. he still has it. Yeah. And then, yeah. so then you get the KX. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, and that was your first new bike. My very first new bike that I bought, yeah, yeah, and just it's super excited for that thing, and still own it today. Like, still have it. It's not the same bike, but it's it's. I still have it. So, yeah, it's still uh, cherry. It's been to the Dream Race a few times. It's raced it a has. few times. It has, yeah. Uh, Josiah yep. raced it, damn. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and now it's all basically woods built. You know, eighteen inch rear wheel, re-geared, mm-hmm. park buster. You know, it's a totally. It's not even a motorbike at this point, but. But uh, easily, tr- you know, change it right back. So, but, right. You know. What what made you like a cowie guy? Like, what? Why were you always into cowies? You know, it's it's funny actually. Um, I used to hate Kawasaki. <laughs> Hated them. <laughs> Ugliest machines I've ever seen in my life. You know, like growing up. Anyway, I was always a CR guy. Like loved Hondas. Thought they were rad. And YZs for some weird reason, probably the movie Winners Take All made me a fan. Eighty six YZ two fifties killer, <laughs> you know. Like I just love that style for whatever reason. But the CRs were always like the thing. But once I got like I don't know, I was probably say like middle school, like seventh eighth grade ish. All of a sudden, the cowies just started looking cool to me, and I, I like the perimeter frame, and I like the, the the fluorescent green. It just stuck out, and then the bikes just seemed they were never always like the best, but yeah, they were. They were known to be like a good middle ground bike on the average. And um, so um, so I started just developing a like for it, right? And then I ended up with that because I, I never had a Cowie up to all those years, like through all those years. And I got um, in, in high school, my junior year, I met uh, my buddy Jim Anthony, um, who uh, was also one of the BMX kids, you know. Yeah. And uh, he had an 88. Eight KX 125 sitting under a tarp in his backyard at his duplex and he just wanted to get rid of it so I traded him like four RC cars for it <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got that dirt bike and dude I'll tell you that was one of the funnest bikes I ever rode it's got the nutcracker tank on it and seat and the whole thing <laughs> but like super fun bike to ride and um, it was really kind of from that point so I'd be what was I I was ahead of him, so 17, 18 years old. And um, that's when it really kind of all came together where I was just like, yeah, Cowies are pretty cool. And then our buddy Kyle Erke got a 96 KX 125 not long after that. And I rode that, and it was sick. Like, that. I love that thing. And so yeah. just the love developed kind of naturally that way. And and, uh, and then so the 90 – so the 2005, what I liked about it, was it was almost a throwback to the 94, 95, even 96 KX 125 style wise and, and, and frame and everything, mm-hmm. you know, it was very reminiscent of that. And, and, uh, 
which was what my favorite era in the mid nineties of the KX. So that's another reason I went with the 05 KX 125 is like, Oh, it's the last year of it released in the States. And it's that style of bike. It's not one of those freaking 99 to, Oh, what was it? Oh, two KXs with the weird shrouds and just, right. you know, the Carmichael air weird crap. Uh, uh-uh. no, I don't like those at all. Burn them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we always laugh yeah. about it. Cause we call it like the $10,000 KX one twenty five because you've, you did like the minimum pay- payments for 10, oh, 10 years. Or yeah, I screwed that up pretty <laughs> bad, dude. Like I probably, yeah, I bought the bike for $5,100 and, uh, you know, of course made payments and it was, Wait, was where'd you get it from? Action Motorsports, okay, the yep. shop I hounded forever. They yep. still didn't hire me, okay. you know? And so, uh, yeah, bought from there, AJ, uh, I remember his last name right now, but he was my sales guy and, uh, um, but yeah, I bought it from them and then, yeah, it was, uh, no, uh, zero down and zero interest loan. And I'm like, sick of to pay nothing. Just 32 bucks a month. <laughs> and so guess what I did for years? I paid 32 a month, even after the interest began, yeah. not realizing. So I fell way behind on it, you know? So, uh, <laughs> to, yeah, I probably, I mean, realistically probably spent like, Ten five on that stupid thing, like it was dumb. <laughs> I'd have to break the numbers really down. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was expensive. The, the most ten, expensive bike on the West Coast at the time. The ten thousand dollar KX one KX one twenty five. But I mean, it's the la- it's you know it's the last it's the last model. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. wild. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot about finances since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that bike's the one bike that always sticks in my head. Like when I think of you, is the KX on twenty five because oh, you have yeah. like your your Husky one fifty. Yeah, you know, you have one. like a bunch. You know, you've been you've had a bunch of bikes off and on that, right. and there is that the seventy four Elsinore with the oh, with the XL one hundred motor in it yeah. that was built by the old Sandy Honda shop. Yeah. That yeah. bike is that bike was the one it, that out of all the bikes you've had like because you've had I mean so that was I've had too many <laughs> but that was some of the yeah some of the funner times like when you were running your own business your own shops and stuff like yeah, just yeah. coming over and hanging out and just looking at all of the shit that people have drugged to you to work on you right, know and you're yes. just like look at this thing or check this out or look at this you know or look at this clapped out pile or whatever right. you know oh yeah um that was all that was always fun like going and looking at all that stuff and seeing what I mean, I still to this day, I do that. Like when I travel around to dealerships, I'll go into the mm. back and I'll just like when I come to see you at Yama Sports Plaza oh, right. or like some of my other buddies, like I'll just walk in the back and I'm just like, dude, what kind of clapped out shit have people brought in? <laughs> like show me something awesome, you know, and like just right. see, see what, what stuff is going on, you know, or right. like, you know, or like there's a one dealer, you know, that uh, that's a they're actually a rental shop down at the coast, Steve's ATV. Oh, but okay. Yeah. I'm like, you have any crazy rental stories lately? And they're like, yeah, check this out. And they show me this little like wad of something. They're like, this is what's left of a, of a four seater razor after it caught fire. Oh no. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> chunk of molted, like a, you know, aluminum or whatever, right. you know, yep. but, oh, uh, man. but yeah, that's one of my favorite that's things funny. to do. Like cruising around or traveling around is always just to look at all that it's just so fun being in a service department seeing like what gets drug in and oh, stuff yeah. and you yeah. see that all day and it's like i mean starting out i mean what are you it's uh what you're probably what you're 20 years in being in a service department 20 now? years this year yeah. right yep so yep. working around because you did well fact you're a factory 
So you you left OLT, then what you I left, yeah. So I left. Tra- there's OLT. a trailer shop for a while. There's yeah. So your own stuff. Carlson Trailers across town. Yeah, because uh, you know things weren't looking too good at OLT. So it was like, yeah, I got to make some moves. So um, Carlson Trailers, uh, just on the other side of Highway 26, uh, was kind of showing that it had some kind of power sport thing going on there. And so I was like, well, they're still pretty close to home. Let's go check it out. And so I ended up going there and I ended up being at the end of the day, I was their lead RV trailer tech and motorcycle power sports technician. Mm -hmm. And, and I learned between those two shops, I learned a ton, you know, the what not to do is the, what to do is the, you know, how to really operate yourself in a business, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All came from those two shops. And, um, so yeah, from from there, and I was there for two years, two and a half years, yeah. give or take, and then and then ProCal was the next move after that. And but I I wasn't a tech, I worked parts. Um, I forgot about the ProCal. Yeah, Vancouver so part. you because I was well, like, you worked there a couple times though, right? Uh, three, I think. Oh really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, there was three different stints. So um, all all in parts, and you know that early the early year, like when Dax was there and stuff. Um, I ended up switching to like service parts before I had left and then, and then I ended up taking off and then I came back for like a six month deal and then like an eight month deal after that, I think. So, yeah, but, um, you know, and it was, yeah, it was a good company and a good job. We had good, good time there and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, so like it, you know, I obviously just wanted to be in the power sports industry, but life kind of has these curve balls that it throws you in. It changes your direction a little bit. And, and, uh, so when, yeah, when I left, uh, Carlson trailers, went to ProCal, um, I had also at the same time, basically I was in a relationship at the time. So I moved, that's when the Gresham house thing happened. Okay. So I ended up living there and we're doing that. And that's the first time I actually tried to start my own business out of, out of the garage. You know, it's like, I think I'm ready to just kind of test the waters on this thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I screwed that up. Like <laughs> super bad. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I had way too much confidence and not enough you know, drive to really do what needed to be done. And plus life was weird. Yeah. So it just didn't really pan out. And I just bought the 07 Ranger. Like I bought a new truck and I'm like balling, you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, no, I wasn't at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I was broke as hell. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that, so is that when factory funny. happens after that is right after that yeah so that was a cool store yeah i, I was missed cool. that shop man in oregon city that was a cool shop yeah i was bummed when that one left yeah it really sucked like i yeah so i got into there it was probably 2006 late late six oh seven. i think is when i started but i was there for three years um and uh the economy tanked and everything went freaking sideways you yeah. know and uh there was no controlling it you know and so and it was funny too because when i first started working at that shop so i actually got hired at action motorsports finally in fairview first <laughs> and they still own that store in oregon city yep. right yeah and uh and i think they may have had mall stores at the time still i don't remember yeah they did for a little bit yeah. for a little bit yeah and so <laughs> i finally get in the shop there and i'm like yeah all right and they're like oh um so we got some switches happening, and we're going to send you to the Oregon City store. And I'm like, what the f- are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> like, I'm not, it's not even been a month, and already the GM is like, hey, so, yeah, we got plans, but we don't want to fire you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. Right. But we need to ship you on. Well, what we didn't know is they were closing the stores down, and then Factory was going to take over the Oregon City location of Action Motorsports. 
oh, so like three, you know, I say, okay, go ahead. And I take it and uh, hated it because I hated Oregon City. I just yeah. didn't like it at all. You well, know? plus you had to work in like the basement, right? Yeah, the dungeon, you yeah. know. So, yeah, like <laughs> minimal lighting. Like just, Shanghai tunnels. Oh, dude, brutal. <laughs> like I can hear him talk. Like it was just all kinds of weird stuff would happen down there. And there was a shower down there. I don't know what. I, you get a chemical burn, you run in there. I don't know what it was for, but yeah, it, was, it was an odd place. But then I developed like a love for it, you know, pretty early on. And um and then that's when my career really started taking off because now I'm working with dudes like Steve McCall. He was my boss. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he's like pretty well known in our local area. I didn't know Steve was down there because I didn't yeah. meet him until Pro Cal days. Oh, okay. Well, he was a technician there. Yeah. So like, I think even the first the first go around of me working there, he was working service department with a couple other other dudes. I can't remember their names right now, but, uh, but yeah, he was just like a lead tech, whatever there, but he was service manager. He got hired as service manager when they changed over, um, where he worked before that. I don't know, but when factory took over, they hired him as service manager. So So wait, what year was this? It'd be like, Oh seven, I think. So then, so, okay. So then Steve went to work there. Then after he left pro caliber, cause I worked with him up at pro caliber then. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, that's where I met Steve. Yeah. Okay. I got you. See, yeah. I see, I forget that he was there cause he, he's one of those guys that have been to all, almost all of them Dude, at he's some point everywhere. anyhow. Right. He's yeah. worked at all of them. Right. He finally retired, but, right. um, yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember, yeah. That, <laughs> that factory store, that was a cool store. I mean, that location was cool. Like just it was being yeah. able to jump right off of two Oh five there. And you know, the, they always had all kinds of cool parts and accessories and oh, it was you a know. killer st- yeah they had so much stuff there like yeah. yeah it was and it was just a fun experience to be in the building like mm-hmm. with all the renditions of that building automotive dealer back in the day a service shop and then now it's been bike shops forever it's it's just kind of a cool uh atmosphere you know right yeah and so then you le- you work so then when do you end up at where where do you leave there and then you end up at Yamaha Sports Plaza so yeah like that's a long one, but um, I get laid off there in '09, right? Yeah. So, um, and I just bought a house, like a ta- the townhouse. Okay. And oh yeah, because this is when you start doing some of your own stuff. You worked for like Nate for a little while, right? Yeah, but I, yeah, we got a yeah. The well, Gresham Power. He sports. was yeah. He actually was a customer of mine for a bit before we kind of did a partnership. So he found me like I think through Facebook or Craigslist or something, and then we started doing stuff. But yeah, I. Got laid off, and then I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, you know, we got to figure something out. And I couldn't find a job for nothing because the economy tanked. Like, nobody was hiring, and if they did, it paid nothing, so you're wasting time, you know. And I'm just like, shit, what do we do? So that's when I really kind of kicked it into high gear of, like, I need to get a shop going. But I knew it wasn't going to be overnight. So I kind of just started pulling in as much side work as I could. Mm-hmm. And... um while I was, you know, still trying to figure things out and this and that. And I, I want to say, yeah, so let me get the timeline right. So, Because you ended up at Jimbo's house, too. Yeah, that while. was later. Because you got to remember, I worked for Toyota for a little bit, too. Oh, I forgot. About- <laughs> yeah. So, so things went down. Yeah. So I'm doing stuff out of the house. But it's just like, man, it's not paying enough and this and that. And uh, But finally, like, yeah, I knew it was a point where I had to find a job. But it had to pay at least kind of okay, you know. And so... Gresham Toyota ad came out and Lube Tech, something, something, whatever. I interview for that. I get that job. All right, cool. You know, I'm like a shoe in for it. And, but the bot, like it paid like $10 an hour or something. And I'm like, I don't care. I just need a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
but right away they already were like, you're way overqualified for this job. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, I need a raise too. And they're like, well, we can top you out. And, but you, you have to move up in the company. Like you're mm-hmm. already, you shouldn't be here, you know? Um, so I stuck that out for a while, moved to used cars, did some stuff and it was a fun experience, you know, but it wasn't power sports. It wasn't dirt bikes. It wasn't the environment I loved. Um, but it was a paycheck, you know, trying yeah. to help my situation out. And, um, comes around to the uh, second go at Pro Caliber. So I decide, at least I think it was the second go, <laughs> but um, I had an opportunity there. Tracy was like parts manager or whatever, um, and uh, Jamie was working there at the time. Yeah, because the yeah. first time was through Dax, right? Through Dax, yeah. So then it was them. So maybe it was only the two times, actually, thinking about it. But anyway, um, so I, I left Gresham Toyota, uh, to do my own side gig and work at Pro Caliber. And the reason I did that was actually as much as a, a conflict as it could seem to be, you know, conflict of interest type of thing. Um, the way I operated it, I worked parts, but at home I did service, you know, so like in my head, not like, well, you, you, know. you wanted to get the hell out of a car dealership. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to get back. I, my goal was to get a shop going, you know, yeah. and it wasn't going to happen staying there, but I also had to save my house, you know, which didn't happen, but right. whatever, you know? So, I went through all these little jumps and leaps trying to do different things that I thought were, would be a positive move. And it wasn't that they were bad moves. They just didn't really get me where I wanted to be. So um, once things were kind of rolling out of the house with the shop and I knew that just this job and driving here is just not panning out, I left ProCal and did my shop 100% full-time. I just went, we're done working for other people. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to do my thing. And I kept doing it out of the house until I had to move out. And that's not, I didn't wait to the very end, but I had already moved everything. Basically Jim, uh, Sawtell and I Mm -hmm. made it, made a deal, um, uh, where I could lease a shop, you know, run, run my deal out of there. So I moved everything there and that's for anybody who doesn't know him. He's out here in Sandy, kind of in the backwoods a little bit. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's not like I'm on the <laughs> a street corner where you can easily see me. You got to yeah. rely on Craigslist and Facebook marketplace ads and stuff like that for you know yeah. to figure out where I'm at. But but it was still a cool deal. So I just kept doing that, and and it was going okay. It wasn't great, but you know it was it was definitely hard. But that's when Nate comes into to play. So all of a sudden I get a call from this guy. He's like, hey, I got this business. I'm doing stuff, and I buy all these used quads. And uh, I need, so I, he's like, I'm not really that mechanical, you know, I can get by, but you know, whatever I, I need a guy to look over all my stuff. And so I basically, I made a contract with him that when, uh, he had a bunch of stuff, you know, you sign this deal and whatever, and I'll do it for these prices. And, and I basically PDI or not even PDI, but UVI, like use vehicle inspect all these vehicles, uh, that you're going to be selling at retail out of a business deal. So, um, and he was like, yeah, I'm into it. So he started just bringing me all the crap that came yeah. through. And he got some nice stuff, you know. Yeah. So so it was kind of nice. I didn't have to work on a bunch of rusted out crap, which is yeah. great, you know. And uh, so with that, you know, cutting forward is, uh, you know, I finally, you know, I'm at a point where I got to leave gym shop. Like, it's done. We're done here. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, okay, am I closing shop or what? And Nate and I talked. And he was just like, dude, what if we do this deal? And, uh, you'll get the shop space in my shop. I'll run the showroom. You run the shop. It's still my business on this end. 
is still his business on that end. Yeah. And, and I went, that sounds great. Of course I got to get business insurance and the whole thing, you know, be yeah. like hundred percent legit, which I did do. Um, I just didn't do the, the best cause I had, you know, it was limited money. So I had yeah. to, I had to go some routes. So that's how I ended up with, uh, what turned into Gresham Power Sports. It was Nate's Rides and Waves at the time. That right. was his business name. <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. And uh, so then, yeah, now I'm I'm running that service department there alongside of him. And uh, unfortunately, it was short. It was short lived. Nate, Nate and I are in good terms. Everything's cool. It's all yeah. good. But uh, things just didn't pan out. Like you know, I think life life on my end wasn't right yet, and I just needed a hard reset. And, oh yeah, I mean, he tried you know, to hire you for years at Gresham Power Sports there before he sold it. You know, he did. Yeah, yeah. And I just and I I was already back at Yamaha, so I just stayed there. You mm-hmm. know. And because uh, in my mind now, it's just like, ah, it's not going to be any different anywhere else. It's just different people. You yeah. Know? So I was like, ah, you know, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. So and uh, so, yeah, at that point, then I was just kind of like, ah, crap, I don't know. What am I going to do? You know, I sh- so I shut my shop down. I pulled all my stuff out and I kicked the girlfriend out of the house. And like, <laughs> I was like, you're done. We're you're a nightmare. I can't deal with this. And, and, uh, you're ruining my life. Ah. And so <laughs> I get all that done restart. And we had a sand Lake trip planned on, yeah. on a weekend. So I was like, I think I forgot like pre-mix or something. Right. So I'm heading out of town and I'm like, crap, I got to hit the, hit the bike shop. So I swing in to Yamaha yeah, sports plaza in the morning. It was like Saturday morning or whatever. And, uh, I roll in to get oil and Steve McCall's there and we started talking <laughs> yep. and that's when he offered, he was like, dude, are you looking for a job? And I'm like, Argh! like I wanted to say no, but I was like, damn it. I have to say yes. You know? Yeah. So I said, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm going away for the weekend, ribbing the dunes, doing the thing. Uh, when I get back, we'll talk. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah. So we go do the thing for the weekend. I come back and then that Tuesday I go in and talk to him and, uh, get, I get interviewed by like half the store because I, gone there and quit so many times that like Dan was leery of like having anything to do with me, you know? And, and I used to be like a firecracker. Like I would just go off on people like, cause yeah. I hated how they did shit. I'm like, yeah. do it right. Or don't fucking do it. You know, like yeah. I was that guy, but that was fun to be around, but I, I was kind of a ball buster and I didn't even realize it, you know? So like they had like this problem, this weird stigma with me. So I went through all that. They decided, yeah, we'll hire you. And then they shipped me to the other store. They oh, didn't yeah. even keep me there. Sp- uh, Sports Plaza on 82nd. On 82nd, the little store that used to be the porn shop. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, you know, it still had the little overhang thing on the outside, and they just stripped the graphic <laughs> off of it. It was super funny. So, But, uh, yeah, so then, so that was, you know, shit, 2013, I think, yeah. is when that happened. And, uh I was at the 82nd spot for, I think, four years. It was three or four, some somewhere in there, uh, before they decided to close that one down. So yeah, and, well, they closed yeah. that one down. What 2017, 18, 17, 17, 17, 17 I think, probably? actually, yeah. yeah. So three, four, and just five, six, consolidated so everything four. to the Yamaha Sports Plaza down on. Right. Yeah. So then, so I go there and replace a guy. And then soon after that, the other guy they have, I replaced him too because he was bad. So now I've, I'm covering two guys. So I'm service writer, service manager, lead technician of one whole department. <laughs> yeah. And eventually I did get some service writer help and stuff, yeah. you know, but, but uh, it, was, it was a little brutal there for a little while. It's a lot to handle. And then, and then you just get in the flow of it and just kind of do it. You know, now that I've run my own shop and stuff and I've done some business things, it's like, 
it wasn't really that overwhelming. It's just like I just kind of know how this shit works. Like, yeah. you know? well, I mean, we so, all yeah. we all get older, and you just kind of, you know, f- you figure out that just like kind of you said a little bit ago, like it's a lot of it's the same everywhere you go. If you're in a motorcycle right. shop or service apartment, and it's just like you figure it out, you know, and go like, okay, this works, this works now, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you move, sometimes you come back, and that's just kind of the way it is. Especially right. in the Northwest, like it's funny the amount of friends that I have. At, at shops where they've worked at multiple ones, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, even Mike yeah. Mahoney too, right. That's, oh yeah. I mean, 100%. he's been at every single one of those shops, you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, around, around the way, like a lot of those guys have moved, you know, and it's, it's just sometimes one shop works better at, at one point and, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it changes up, but, um, yeah. but yeah, and you've been, you've been there for, for, for a long time now. So yeah. 10 years in that one company now straight, like I never left. Yeah. I actually, I threatened to leave like a lot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I never, I never did. I got really close a couple of times though in the last five years, but you know, it's kind of mellowed out to the point. That's where everything. Just, the know. last five years is just a, it's a shit show for everything, you know, no matter, no matter where you're at. But, right. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Dude, we have a lot of fun together and it's like, I know, I probably stress the shit out of you all the time because I'm, I'll come up and you'll probably see, I don't know. Like, is there like a certain look that I give you or something that I say when I'm just like, we're about ready to, Hey, let's race XRs for 24 hours or, or, or let's, uh, I don't know. I don't know whatever we're doing. Ride, go ride KLX 110s overnight and camp on them or whatever we're doing. I, I you think know? it's it's less of the look you give and the more of the look I'll give back to you of what the <laughs> hell are you saying to me right now? <laughs> All I see in your face is pure joy and excitement because you're going to scare the shit out of some people. <laughs> <laughs> and and this adventurous thing takes over you, you know, and that's, that's what I see in your face where I've actually literally watched other people's faces just go, the fuck you just say <laughs> like we're doing what especially the mini bike days like yeah because and people didn't really know what they were getting into and it was more of once we were out there of seeing their face because it was one thing back at the at the at the spot where we start but once we were out there and they went down a hill it changed their perception mini bike monday bit. man and in, in corbett yeah, like yeah. You, everybody was fresh meat at some point oh, down yeah. suicide hill a hundred percent yep <laughs> Yeah, and I'd never change that for anything. But yeah, no, it's yeah, you just get like a glow, like your eyes get big and you're like, We're doing shit. And I'm just like, Okay. So sometimes it depends on what we're talking about, but sometimes I'll get nervous and I'm like, Fuck, what am I getting into? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still go along I go along for the ride. It's like, all right, let's see what's like mini bike Monday shit. There's the I mean twenty four hour stuff we've been doing is basically as long as we've known each yeah, other. Yeah, long two thousand three ish, right? Yeah, that was the first time I did it. Yeah. And then yeah. uh uh the um well, we got to talk about the event that was created solely because you worked in the motorcycle industry forever and you didn't have your motorcycle endorsement. So what which one? <laughs> Cuz I this. No, you so so the yeah, no, the the green, the green horn. Oh, run. the green horn run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the reason why it started, got to remember, is was because I was giving you shit because you've worked in the motorcycle industry forever and you still didn't have your endorsement. <laughs> That's right. And you're like, I dude, forgot. I don't. I've gone and done all the ta- done everything. Basically, you did everything except for walk back in and say, okay, I need to get my endorsement on my license. You basically did it all. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. Took the test, writing, writing test, like the whole thing. Right. Before you had to have the new style test, like you know, you could just go in, do the written thing or whatever. Yeah. Because then the Team Oregon thing happened after. 
I waited yeah. too damn long. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so I was, yeah, so we're sitting here at the shop and, uh, I said, uh, I said, when are you going to get this? And you're like, well, I don't have any reason to, <laughs> I don't have any bike that's street legal. And so then I turn around and I go, Oh, look, okay. Look there. Look, there's a CL 100. <laughs> That you just picked up from yeah, wherever. Yeah, that Bill McDonald gave me. That's where, yeah, that's right. There's a CL100. It's blown up or it doesn't move or whatever. Actually, I think me and you put a, took the head off, put a 2x4 inside the cylinder and smashed it with a sledgehammer to yeah. break her free. Yeah, it was 100% <laughs> rusted together. I still have the cylinder, and it's it's the Titanic. It's yeah. shot. <laughs> I, it yeah. it would have ran, though. I mean, WD for a little bit. <laughs> but anyhow, ran, yeah. so I just said, okay, you can. Ha- here's this bike. You can have this bike. I have the title for it. Right. It's a street legal machine. Let's get it going, and let's go on this adventure. And you, you know, and I then like, oh, all right. <laughs> I still to this day, I tell people that, like, you can t- tell your blue in the face, say that you can do something, say that, you, oh, I've seen it on YouTube. I, I know how to do it people still don't do it they just assume that they know you have to do it to do it right right and then the other reason the only time you'll ever do anything is when you put it on the calendar so the next thing i said i was like okay it's not going to happen until we have a date so here we go i go i pull up my (laughs) calendar and i go how about this date or how about this date and i think we you you've always been on the motorcycle schedule so sunday monday's off right Right. which is kind of how the rc monday nights took off right that's how that's kind of why monday night mini biking was the thing and then rc it's always monday nights because motorcycle people always have mondays off for the most part so so uh so yeah i was just like this this sunday night we're going yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> get your bike together, get your shit together, get your endorsement, get your right. license plate, whatever you got to do. This is the <laughs> event to make Sean. <laughs> to make I guess Sean. that's what I'm known for is I make an event out of everything. So <laughs> that's, it is. I mean, that is your thing, you know. So it was, yeah, the Greenhorn Run, oh, and then it was man. funny because it was who, who what was it the first year? It was. Uh, oh, um, man, who was there? I'm trying to remember who it was. I know Rory. I think Rory had a. He he had like a reflex or something, right? The Honda reflex, reflex. I think he did, yeah. You, I believe, yeah. I think Nick, or maybe Nick was year two. I can't remember. Those are only. I think we only did it three years. I think, and so. they all those years like mixed together. But there was like a handful yeah. of us. There was probably like three, four, or no, or no. It was uh, Aaron that owns Apex Motorsports. Oh yeah, Hackathorn. Yeah, yep. yep. Aaron, yep. You, myself, and it might have only been one other person. It was a small group. Yeah, maybe it was Rory on a reflex. I can't remember, but there was only a couple. Yeah, there was only a few of us. Right. Um, I know Rory was on a reflex at some point. <laughs> he, he was. Yeah, at some point he. So I remember up he got a thing. flat and had to fix it, and you know. Um, I think that was the that first was the year. second second so, year he got a flat. He got a flat. So I don't know oh, if he was on okay. the first year because yeah, but anyhow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we <laughs> rode. Basically, the whole story was there's a reason to go ride. Let's. Find these old bike, anything under 200 cc's, old bike, like just get it together, make it run, strap a sleeping bag to the back of it. We're heading up some of the mountains behind our house here. Right. And you camp overnight and then come back, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, smash a bunch of beers into some pocket somewhere and, you know, get up there, some food. (laughs) We always, even even on the mini bike days, because we used to just ride KLX 110s for like, I don't know, three days straight. You never had to put fuel in them. <laughs> no, that, I think they just refueled themselves. Like when we go up into <laughs> yeah. like the Bull Run watershed and stuff, like 
you know, right, yeah. somehow we never got arrested and got felonies for any of that right. stuff. Allegedly, but, we were there. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's great. It was before the internet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, exactly. So it never happened. <laughs> but we could talk about it. Yeah, it was in the MySpace <laughs> days, and nobody still talks to me on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, oh. but yeah, so you had the CL. I had the old CB125 yeah. that's been in my family forever. And then I remember Aaron... Was it Kit? I think it was. Maybe it was Kit because it was Aaron's two bikes. It was like his XR100. I'm sure if Aaron's listening to this right now, he's probably screaming at his phone or whatever. Probably. Yeah. Rory's (laughs) probably like, no, I wasn't there. (laughs) Probably not. No. Uh, But I know Aaron was there. So he had the XR100. So maybe Kit rode it. Maybe Kit rode the XR100. Maybe that. Because he had the the street legal XR100 and a street legal uh, uh, Yamaha TTR125. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. And then it was yeah. me and you, and I think that was it. I, I think, think that was that the group was the first year. Yeah. But that anyhow, right. so yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, we, we go all the way up there and, and then, uh, yeah, camp. And we always have fun doing figuring out what you can bring to, you know, like we'll <laughs> stop at a store and like, okay, you, you, get, you get meat and then, you know, like make like shish kebabs or make tacos or right. something like that, you know, like up up on the hills camping or whatever. But um but yeah so that was yeah, yeah that was you getting your endorsement endorsement the, yeah the greenhorn run the greenhorn which run, yeah. still to this day it was one of the videos that i was never never able to get done because motorsport.com mm. put some money behind the third year maybe oh, that we went because yeah, remember we good. had we filmed the whole thing and then we yeah, even we even had there yeah, yeah we even had yeah. uh we even had uh uh, who I can't remember who was out there in their RV and we like we gave them money to bring beer out there so we had like a oh, cold yeah. beer stop and then we had right. we had a bunch of games we were playing there like hatchet throw or or, or archery or something like that something way like out that. in the yeah. woods yeah and then we had hill we had hill climbs where you had to you had to climb up there at the, at the gravel pit, pit. yeah yep. the gravel pit to, <laughs> with all that. of your shit on yep. your back and your you know sleeping bags falling and shit. Off yeah. burning holes through your saddlebags <laughs> yeah. and just yep. <laughs> yep. Was, um, that was funny I yeah that's right that's exactly that was third year yeah yeah so yeah and so anyhow that was yeah it was a good time but yeah we did all of that up at ladie flats like leaving here from my house and cruising up there because it's a good it's a good cruise you know to get you up there you drop yeah, into estacada hit the store and then head up there um but yeah we haven't done that in a, in a number of years i think at the height of it there was yeah there was like 15 16 of us leaving here on yeah. old shitty bikes <laughs> Yeah. with not enough beer and with not all beer kinds and of laughs the wrong gear yeah tim's xl 175 that had a dinner plate for a rear sprocket <laughs> and the thing topped out at 28 miles an hour <laughs> yep, yep oh man that thing was hilarious Action and he, figure was, Tim, and he had to because he was a <laughs> yeah he was he's a construction worker and so yeah he had to leave at like 4 30 or 5 in the morning Super and ride early. back by himself and then yeah. get in his truck and then go to work the next yeah. day and he slept under a lawn chair <laughs> right <night. laughs> tim, tim out, so out of all out of all my buddies uh. tim has slept in the most fucked up places <laughs> like i remember taking him out mini bike camping yeah. one time where we ended up way back in the woods in corbett and he had a few beers or whatever and then he laid down in boulders, like he slept in boulders, in boulders next to a tree. And I remember waking uh, up, looking at him, and he—I'm just like—I mean, my back hurts right now, thinking, <laughs> just thinking about how Tim slept there. But yeah, oh, um, yeah, Tim, That's Tim funny. gets the award for always sleeping in just weird ass places <laughs> when we're when we're out. And well, and and at that That's point true, too, yeah. you had you were you were building some pretty cool tents just out of a out of a tarp. Yeah, like I built that killer lean-to in the woods. I think that was the third year, actually, that I built that one. 
and it was yeah, it was legit. You know, they just found some down trees and picked yeah. them up, started roping stuff together. And, yeah, I laugh yeah, about all cool. the places I've slept off the side of the old XR six hundred or like whatever other bike that I was out there KLX using the the front wheel of a KLX one ten. You know, like as as a pillow, you know, oh, right? Yeah, it's just like well, there's a little give. <laughs> well, it's just yeah. the, it's funny thing is you go out in the woods with like a sleeping bag, and you're just like, ah, eh, well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was more than I used to do. I never even showed up with a sleeping bag. I just had a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> the Lake Shiver Sean, Lake Shiver Sean, exactly. You know, it was like I don't know. I don't even have one of those space blankets. <laughs> yeah, so. it's well, it's, oh, dude. Man. That lake's got to have a name. If it, I mean, if we you call it Lake. So. Shiver Sean, but but uh i've yeah we need to look on some different maps and see if that if that lake has a name but yeah that's that story of you <laughs> me you and nick way up in the middle of nowhere and allegedly in a place you shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah can't find i mean well that's the other dumb shit that we used to do though is like we would just head out into the darkness on a bunch of kalex 110s with lights that we would buy from walmart really sketchy lights, and we would just like just wire them in like some teenage kid that just you know bought a honda civic and right. <laughs> you so know got all this led i could put it on here. yeah yeah and uh and then just take off into the darkness no extra fuel no nothing no, you just ride as far as you could with roughly about half a tank of fuel and knew that you could yeah. probably get back right yeah right? it's not like we ever topped them up before we left but we go <laughs> we find this this lake the palmer lake and then we go we, i mean nobody had there isn't like on x there isn't like any of these fancy no. shit we all had flip phones <laughs> If that, yeah, like, and uh, <laughs> which is a bummer because there's not really any photos of it, but that's what the stories are for, I guess, right. you know. But, yeah. um, but yeah, we ride all the way up in there, and then it's like we go, we would go on a hike, and it's dark out, but we yeah. have, <laughs> we print off a paper map quest. <laughs> Like map, map quest of people yeah. think about that map quest <laughs> of like roughly the area because Anthony had been on this one road before. Mm. And so it's basically just showing like it's showing the elevation so we can kind of see oh, like, okay, right. here's, yeah. here's one of the ridges here. I remember just sitting there with Anthony and we're like, dude, I think these ridges, this is probably this ridge. And we're just looking and there's barely any light left. It's just a little bit of a light above the tree line. Uh-huh. I think oh, there's gotta be a lake down there. And then we just ditch the mini bikes in the woods and we just start hiking. <laughs> there's there's like eight of us two flashlights oh. <laughs> like <laughs> you know that sounds and right. so yeah yep. we just take yep. off into the woods and then you know at that specific time i think um i think uh with you oh that might have been lake shiver sean because i know anthony and his buddies had to get back and it was just me you and nick yeah. that were left behind That's out there right. right yep and so we couldn't find that lake. We got turned around. And lost. Tim's bike blew up, I think. So he on the way there. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, his bike blew up right as we got into the woods, right. and yeah, he had it was to off the get gravel, and then ah, it choked out. So. Yeah. Yep. yep. So um, yeah. So then we yeah we lost the bikes, and then we were like kind of just on foot for a while because we had to get make it back to the road, and then we just had to hike down the road. But then we had to find where the you know we had ditched the bikes in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, it took off. But then and then that's when we looked. The only other uh, lake on that map was that lake that had no name and we're like, right. Oh, let's just go camp by that. And so we went down that other road, just dodged straight through the woods to find that lake. And we were able to find that. I remember that that's was... still to this day, dude, when I think back at that, because I remember we've got to the lake, we're sitting there like, all right, let's camp here. And then we just kind of had to go into like everybody grab firewood mode. 
Oh, right. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, you know so everybody kind of ditched can. into the woods. And, dude, it was thick woods. And I remember just going to the woods, just grab, grab, grab. And then all of a sudden it was – I turned around, and I don't have a light or nothing. It's uh-huh. pitch black. I didn't know what way I came in. Oh, no. And, like, I'm <laughs> I, – and I'm, I always think I'm pretty good at directions or at least, like, being able to find your way oh, through stuff like good. that. I rely on you and Anthony and or Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so And so I remember that one time I was like, oh, it's actually – like, getting lost is – it's, you know, it's – it's like a real thing. Like I, yeah. I was invincible up until that moment. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. if I could, it's you like could I drop me anywhere and I could find my way out, you know? And yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it was, it was also like dark or, you know, and I'll, I had like a wad of firewood and, and then I had to be like, Hey, like yell for you guys, you know? And right. then like, like I'm turning around yeah. and then I'm like, wait, was that over there? Or that over there? And I was maybe 50 yards from maybe not even that. Not probably not even that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, Whoa, you know? And so then yeah. I found my way back. But yeah, we had a big pile of firewood and then, you know, yeah, me and Nick made our beds and like we had some, you know, sleeping bag or whatever, you know, and then, yeah, you had your, yeah, hood. you had that crunchy space blanket thing. I remember that <laughs> yeah. it fucking drove me nuts all night. <laughs> yeah. And you just had your sleeping bag and the way I always tell the stories, you just, or you're not your sleeping it's bag, but your, hood. your hooded sweatshirt. And you yeah. just laid your hooded sweatshirt down and like a dog, you just kind of curled up on uh-huh. it and laid down. And the, and the hood part, I rolled it up. So I have kind of a pillow, <laughs> you know, it didn't work that well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, so then me and Nick, so I remember waking up. I I remember sleeping good though too. I remember waking up and uh uh you were just huddled over this little flame just <laughs> shivering. I was shivering. <laughs> and I start laughing and me and Nick start laughing waking up and we're like, "Sean, what are you doing?" and you're like, it's so cold, man. <laughs> and we're just like, dude, why don't you put a, some of that wood on that fire? And you're like, I didn't want to wake you guys by getting it really warm. And we're like, dude, we're fine. It'd be great to be really warm right now. So still to this day, we call that Lake Shiver Sean. Lake Shiver Sean, yep. Because I still don't think I threw any wood on that fire, really, for the most uh, part. Yeah. It's good times. I forget about all those mini fun. bike adventures. Dude, it was like every Monday. Dude, we would ride. and we would. Some days I wouldn't get home until... On on will be Tuesday morning at like one a.m. Right, yeah. Dude, From we had some mini bike those those perfect nights where we we're just out there, just going through the woods and cruising oh, yeah. all around. Ended up above like Multnomah Falls and like all kinds of. That great, was always you know? an insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We well, that was my bachelor party ride. Was, oh, yeah. Was through there. You know, so there are things we can't talk about that <laughs> happened now <on> that night. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, yeah. There, it, it got it, there was some pretty hairball stuff that was going on, but that was an epic ride. But yeah, that was for sure. You know, that was one. That was the longest one, definitely. Well, was, I know. mean, we left at Anthony's house on the bachelor party ride in Corbett at six thirty yeah. p.m. Right. And we got back to his house somewhere around six or seven a.m. Right, and we were yeah. just on mini bikes in the wood. But that's the other thing. Like, dude, we rode all night on a tank of gas. Oh, dude, yeah, we didn't have fuel stops unless anywhere. we got fuel at up at Dan's track. At some, I don't think we did though. I know, I but didn't. that would. I mean, we were only a couple miles back at that point. But right, yeah. But yeah, dude, it's, it's funny. Like, it's still this day, like Sylvie, longtime photographer buddy, like, yeah, he went on that and shot photos. But like, he. Uh, I remember him because we, we made it all the way to Dan's track there. And it was funny, like somebody would break down or somebody would do this or that or whatever, right? Right. And so every time somebody break down, it's like, oh, somebody would open up like a bottle of something or like crack a beer or whatever, yep. you know? And so, <laughs> so then it was like we kept on moving, but, uh, but uh, yeah, we make it all the way around um, to 
his track and i remember some people are like trying to sleep in the dirt yep. other people are riding like you yeah, know nick went out and did like 10 laps or something nick will always do that he'll just yeah. disappear and just like <laughs> ride off and you're just was... like it's the best when you... <laughs> it's the best though when you're going trail riding with him and it's the golden trail rider rule right yeah. You get to an intersection, you wait for the person behind you. Nick will just blow past you and just take off, and you're still waiting for the rest of the people. Right. And then they're like, where's Nick? You're like, D- I, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, He's gone. He, never he decided to go like loop this loop know. for a while or do whatever. So right. then, you know, we'll just, you know, you just, you're, it's, it's always like, where the fuck did Nick go, you know, or right. whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, so yeah, those, those, those adventures and then, uh, yeah, we had a lot of them. Dual sport. Really haven't rode, you haven't really rode your, your, uh, your 250 at all your honda not not yet i just you know, obviously bought it basically last year mm-hmm. and uh yeah we need to do some adventures on that yeah and then, be, it's paid off in the month nice yeah <laughs> but i mean that well the, i mean rc car shit digs into it a lot you know it, a it lot does. of the time you know yeah. we're doing rc events every monday night and whatnot yeah what especially what, yeah once the season gets here it kind of takes over you know? what got like what got you into rc stuff um, I mean, it's kind of like motorcycles, like even my, you know, my mom's side, they really didn't have anything like that. But like my dad was always into just like toys and other random stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. like, I remember, I don't know, probably being like six years old and he had a, uh, a Tamiya Brat, like the original Subaru Brat, mm-hmm. like the Bigfoot chassis car. And we were in uh, Fallbrook, California when he had it and at my aunt's house. And I just remember he was like, dude, you got to check this thing out. You know, I was down there for like two months that year, I think. And he just goes ripping it down the street and turned it too sharp and just yard sailed this thing (laughs) down the street, broke the body apart. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen from whatever reason in that moment right there, I was sold. And I was like, I'm going to, how old do you think you were? I think I was like six. Real, really? Yeah, like six or seven, somewhere around there. And uh, when he had that one, and then, but when, like, because I couldn't afford him growing up, you know, and um, so I didn't really have any kind of like hobby grade RC until I was probably, I mean, thirteen. But I couldn't afford electronics for him, and they were hand me down cars. So like, yeah. By the time I was actually able to like run one that was legit, I was fourteen, fifteen. And uh, which was a, a Traxxas Hawk two, you know, that I bought from Hobbytown in Clackamas, you know, yeah. and, in a kit because they still made kits back then. Like men, we had to build them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so all these ready to run crap. Yeah. Know? And uh, it teaches you mechanics, you know, I'm trying yep. to tell people that they yep. just don't get it. They just want to play, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, really, it kind of really picked up around 13, 14, I'd say, like the interest in it. Like even I lived in Portland, like in my, the earliest years of, of, of my childhood, basically up till I was about like 11, 12 um, and I had neighbors in an apartment that had like RC 10 gold pan. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't remember what the other guy had, but they were friends that lived in the same apartment, you know? And so they, they would build like the biggest wood ramps in the yard and just send them as fast as they could go through the parking lot and just huck this wood jump and almost cartwheel them into a tree. And I'm like, it's like good cars. And these guys are just like, how high will it go? I don't know. You know? So I'm watching them rip race cars around and uh thrashing on them and i got all you know intrigued and then we had a shop called aerosports and hobbies back then in you know yeah. off of gleason or whatever yeah and uh they were the first ones to take me to that track when i was like 
nine or ten, mm-hmm. you know. So I went with them down there and uh, watched them drive and all this and that. And and then they took me down for one of the regional races, and that's when racing really kind of like it kicked like for RC it kicked in like RC cars are for racing. Yeah. That sparked it right there. I was like, I don't care about driving them in the backyard. I don't. I'm not trying to jump them off roofs. I'm not yeah. one of these triple X main dudes or whatever that video was, uh, where they're just sending. I got them it. The, yeah, I do too. I got on VHS, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I was like, no, RCs are for racing. Like, yeah, I'm into that. Like, that's cool. And um, so because seeing like a regional as like a preteen into teen, like that was that was. You know, it changed my whole vision of the whole thing. You know, yeah. I'm just like, cool, just drive this monster truck in circles in the backyard and run over pop cans to I'm going to beat that guy. Like, <laughs> you know, so that competition side of me really fired up from there. So that was about the timeline for that. Yeah. So then you had you know. the couple RCs on and off. And then we got those RC10 GTs we were right. talking about earlier. Yep. And yep. then uh, I had an old RC10 back in the day. And then it kind of. It fizzled out a little, at least for me, it fizzled out. You kind of got into custom stuff, building your own custom frames and yeah, your I was own doing kind some, of your yeah. own big, you know, like uh, custom monster like truck monster truck I stuff. Did. Yeah. Um, and then it started. Well, no. So then I move in uh, with Megan and Troutdale. Yeah, yeah. Jumping, jumping forward to there. That's back in my the Rockstar <laughs> Energy Drink days because that was when Traxxas came out. God, was that 2010? Maybe. No, it had to be. It was, it was, it was, I think it was like 08, maybe. Yeah. 08, 09, when Traxxas came out with the Slash. Because Somewhere I, around there, yeah. 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 So, so I, let's see, we had those little one, what were they, 124th scale? No, no, it wasn't that. It was like one, remember those little tiny, the little low C's? Yeah. 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 I we had, it was right we around the same track. We, we made yeah. a little track, and I mean, we're in the, this neighborhood, right? And the, right, the yeah. track in the backyard, right? <clears throat> well, so then Traxxas comes out with that, and I was like, no way, because we went down to uh, A Main. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I saw one maybe for the first time, and it was right after that. I was like, this is rad. I was up in Spokane, and I went to, there was like a, we had a, when there was a Rockstar event up there, and then there was—I think we had maybe a PRO race. It was sponsored by Rockstar at the same time, mm. and there was a big RC car race in—I uh, want to say over in Idaho. And so, okay. uh, one of the other Rockstar reps up there at the time was like, "Dude, you got to come see this like RC event." And I was in RC, so I was like, "Yeah, we'll go. let's go dial yeah. them in with some stuff." Like I was—I had showed up like a couple days early for the race, and so we got some stuff out of the RV and then threw it in his van and went over there, and I met all the guys and. And it was like Traxxas was there, Team Associated was there, Team Losi. Like it was a big regional event. I think they gave away like a CRF 450 to the winner or Did something really? like that. Yeah, oh, wow. which was a badass for the, you know, I mean, it was a big, it was a national RC event, right? Right. Well, yeah. all the guys were there. And so I was BSing with the Traxxas guys and they're showing me the, the, the slash. And I'm just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, this is, this is rad, you know? <laughs> and then it was like, dude, a week later, I, it, a box shows up from Traxxas and it's that slash and they had wrapped it like Todd LaDuke's, uh, the Makita rockstar short, oh, short right. course truck. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yes. And I saw that. So that's, uh, maybe that's, maybe it's before. Cause then I, I'd never been to a main. That's right. It was before. And so then I'm okay. like, we got to race these things. And so then we went down to a main and I was like, you guys race these things. And they're like, no. So that's when the rockstar, 
uh, RC series. series started, which still to this day, Joe Pillars still runs. Right. And, you know, right. out yep. the, out there at the carpet track. And, and uh, yeah, that was shit. 2000 and I'm guessing 2000. I think it was 08. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Because yeah, I was still working for factory when we started racing those. So yeah. I would leave the shop and then head out to Milwaukee you know, yeah. to go to a main after work yeah. uh, when we do the races. So yeah. yeah and that, it yeah, it was so fun. Cause it was like, I remember talking to some of the RC guys down there that were hardcore racer dudes that like, and I've seen it come into like the moto industry too, but like there's this new thing coming to where everybody pushes against it, pushes against it. And then right. finally they're like, all right, I'll get one. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was kind of like, look, the short course truck thing there for a while. And like, it's kind of on its way, you know, last few years it was on, it's on its way out now, but like, it was like the novelty RC car race, but yeah, dude, there was, there was tons of people doing it. People were into it. You had the stock class mod class, you know, and we right. you know, it, down there, a ton of fun. And then it moved when pillars family, started the one in Clackamas. Yeah. That was probably at the height way. of it, where there was like hundred like hundreds of entries and like maybe not, I shouldn't insane. say hundreds. But I, I there had to have been at least a hundred and we wouldn't right. leave there until like one AM. Oh know, yeah. From racing, you know, on like a Friday night racing there and Yeah. Even and, when they'd have a decent start time, we'd still be there till twelve thirty one. Yeah. 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 It was good times, man. That was fun that stuff. Was super and then fun. Yeah, and then it kind of well, that's kind of where I stopped racing. I did one. I went pillars. It was pillars of Debrino put a car together for me, um, and I went down and raced at the PDX Underground in the original location once. Oh, and okay. had a good time. Yeah, but yeah, it's a lot of same. There's a lot of carryover to RC car racing from Moto, not just the racing end of it, but you know, right. like the uh, just people in general. Because, you know, it's just like anything, even down to we were talking about like racing slot cars. It's all about like oh, setup yeah. and like you're still trying to make this little chassis either being a dirt bike or a RC car or a slot car. Like you're trying to make that chassis like go faster, do whatever. Right. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, yeah, it. it's still to this day, dude, so the most nervous I've ever been is racing an RC car. Me like, too. I don't know what that is. It's weird. And I try to think <laughs> so about weird. it. And I mean, I, I say that in weird, like I've, I've definitely probably been more nervous doing other stuff or what doing whatever, but, um, it's a weird nervous because you're, it's the only thing that you are, you're the racer and the spectator at the same time. Right. Right. I guess slot cars are kind of that way, but your slot cars is just a condensed, like smaller version. Like, There's an, yeah, it's not a big arena or whatever. Right. You're right. just a small slot car track, but, yeah. but it's still, yeah. yeah, you are the, you're watching it move around like a spectator, but you're also controlling the thing that's moving around, right. you know? Yeah. And so you're like, it, I think it has this weird, this weird mental thing where it's like, you're like, Oh no, I'm not right. I'm not in it. Like, you know, like you're not in the truck or you're not on the bike, you know, I'm, what I'm standing up here. Like, so there's this weird, like your mind just goes through this weird thing for a second. Like it's yeah. always right before like the, the start, you know, you're just like sitting there and oh, like yeah. after that you're fine, you know, whatever. But, um, it's just weird like scenario that, yeah, it's like your fight or flight mind just like goes nuts for a second because does, you're like, yeah. wait, I'm racing this. No, I'm not. I'm watching it. You're, you're racing. Like yeah, exactly. all these people are looking at me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, who are you? You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it mind screws you for sure. You know? It, but yeah, there's uh, a good time. And yeah. Like so. even now, like the track out here, we race every Monday night. Like it's good fun. Like the whole neighborhood's out and like, you know, the kids I'm waiting for, you know, Elsie and Leo to really start getting into it. I feel like this right. summer Leo will probably start figuring it out just like a little bit more or whatever. But I think so. yeah, he's getting close. He's getting but yeah, the RC bug bit us for hard. I mean, I don't even know how many cars I have. Have you counted how many cars do you think you have? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the last time I actually did a, a count, Is it more than thirty. Yeah, 
Four, uh, more than 40? We might be at 40 now. 40 cars? I, maybe. Maybe. I, so the last time I counted was a little over a year ago, and it was like 32. And <laughs> I know that I But then it. you found three more in a box somewhere? <laughs> well, I mean, this summer I bought that lot. They had like six nitro cars in it. So they're not complete, but they're in there. All old HBI four-wheel drives, you know. So if I don't include those, I mean, I could be 38 to 60 at this point. I don't even know. <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's a lot. A lot of cars, and uh, and then I just bought another. I just bought another RC10 GT because I wanted the parts truck. Yeah, because I'm gonna film it and do some stuff and for the channel, yeah. you know. So um, I needed some backup parts, so I bought another one. <laughs> so so what got you into doing YouTube stuff? Like, what was the thought behind um, that? Because you're what you're five months into doing. Uh, no, man, that you started with the 24 hour bike build, right? The 24 hour bike build, I, uh, basically was the first one. Yeah. I did a video like pre 24 hour and then I did the, a little bit of a 24 hour recap and then that, that was it. So that's kind of where it started. And I've been, I don't know, thinking about it off and on for a couple of years now, really. And, and, um, where I felt like I needed, there was like just something else I wanted to do, something else I needed to do. I'm not running my own business anymore, and I'm just kind of working and doing whatever. And and uh, with all the things that I do and that you do, we do, our friends do, and all the stories that we have, back to the stories, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not. I cherish the things that are not documented because it's just a little more personal, almost, you know. Right. But we do so many things that like. I kind of wanted to like share it with some people, you know, like at least mm-hmm. portions of it. You know, it doesn't have to be everything, but um, so it kind of started with that mindset. I'm just like, dude, just so much rad stuff happens just randomly, you know. Right. It'd be kind of cool to put it on video. Well, the second part of it is, you know, because the the channel that I'm running right now is just it. It's going to be based around you know moto off road whatever mechanical stuff like rebuilding this trail side tech right trail side tech yeah and so it's going to i've done just basically walk around videos and talking about stuff at this point but um i'm gonna have actual like repair kind of based videos coming out yeah. and whatnot and uh, uh a bike build video probably on you know the 88kx that i've had sitting for you know eight years or whatever we'll do something fun with that so there's gonna be that kind of stuff and it's just like I don't know. I have all this, so why not film it and make it kind of fun? And it inspires. Maybe it will inspire other people to also do cool stuff like that. You know, where how, maybe, you know. how many uh, motorcycles do you? Do you have more RC cars than motorcycles, right? Oh yeah, I got way. I have more storage for RC cars. So, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, closets. I'll are, have to keep. Yeah. Oh, that'll be my threshold. I can't have more RC cars than I have motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. Or I got to start giving them away to friends or something. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, motorcycles. I don't know how many I have at this point. Like. I mean, probably around 10, like, total bikes, like, yeah. three-wheelers and everything. Like, I want to say, um, yeah, so what, three KX125s, I think, or is it two? Wait, how Yeah, three. One's not running. Yeah, your bike you know. build that you did for Dream Race, well, you you had it out there this year, but last year was the first year, right? Yeah, well, so, so it's... So, 2022 was when you first... 
22 would be the first year it was there where I had started building it. Okay. Yeah. And then this year was like you're kind of finished. Like it's d- just about done. I got like three things left to do. Yeah. You know, two years prior to all of that, Tim and I pushed that bike That's and right. the 88 up as the clappers, yep. you know, uh-huh. and uh, where the 88 has no pistons. So you could just grab the Kickstarter <laughs> and go, ah, and it was just a rod <laughs> slapping around. It was hilarious. I've never seen a couple of kids do it. And yeah. I just started laughing. I was like, oh yeah, there you go. Um, so but you yeah. could start it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I screwed up and I never put a sign on it. I wanted to do that. But then I also got nervous. It might break somebody's ankle thinking it's going to have compression. Yeah. There's just nothing there. Right. <laughs> so, so we just left it alone. But, uh, but yeah, the 93 build, yeah, that was one of those Craigslist finds, $140 motorcycle in a box and yeah. sat on it forever. And then I just, you know, we were like, you know, we were talking about it a while back and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing. He's like, dude, build a dream race, something for the show and shine or something. And I'm like, right. that's a good idea. Maybe we should do that. You know, yeah. that's kind of where it all fired off from. So, yeah. And, um, and then I decided to do a video about it, and right. that thing's at over a thousand views now, and it's been three months or something, yeah. and it's like people don't even know who I am on there. You yeah, know? so it's 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 definitely one that's caught a little more traction than the other videos, and so yeah, um, which I'm happy about. That's cool when people uh, got some good feedback and stuff. Right. So, um, so it's it's fun. Like, and and so I want to do more of that, and then I'm going to do an RC channel also, just because we got the tracks and. We got the hobby yeah. shop and all. Right. There's stuff. It doesn't mean I'm going to be dedicated to a camera every time we're racing right. and all that. But I just, well, I'll do short little videos just showing some of the. You cool should stuff fair, You should set up stuff. one that's like a live feed or something, so that, that you can just cool. like say, "Hey, we're racing live feed up tonight. Here you go, you know, or right. something like that yeah. from the new the new driver stand or something." Yeah, I should come up. I need to go. Uh, yeah, I need to look at some camera options and stuff for sure because. Doing everything by your phone, I mean, you're super limited, you know, so it's just like... Yeah, you got to clamp something up. You got to have something, go. yeah, yep. yeah, and then go back and edit. You could edit it down and stuff later and whatnot, so, um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to come up with something, but that would be fun to, to do that and show some of the racing and stuff. I see... Some of the RC racing they show on, on YouTube and whatnot, it's really good. They got some good videos. They got ki- some killer channels and stuff uh, that are fun to watch. And uh, But sometimes I, there's a channel I really like watching, but their racing footage is horrible. And it just yeah. bothers me. And I'm like, dude, you have the potential to like do this right. So I want to kind of take that and actually try and do it the proper way. You know? yeah. and, and, uh, a lot of times it's the audio that kills it for people watching videos. Like the video oh, could sure. be shit, but if the audio is okay people are going to watch it longer. Right. right? Yeah. But if the video is good, but the audio sucks, like you can't hear the guy talking, he's like way off in the corner or something like that. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it kills a lot of videos, but, Oh, I've, I've left videos because of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was doing mine, I was trying to make sure the audio was right, but my, my, freaking mic sucked and it had this crazy cord and yeah. it was just I, I hated it so i just i did another edit on it to kind of liven up the audio a little bit and it, i think it worked for now so but, right yeah but yeah but yeah that do the uh vintage rc race i think would be cool because that's something yeah. that like so many people have like vintage cars you know they do yeah and, there's a lot of them and out there. they're just sit, you know, what are the shelf queens or whatever you call them, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's what it there. Is, like yeah. some, you know, some of them I guess are rare. Just like any motorcycle, you know, like, but it's still fun. Like, I mean, it's funny even talking like Jim Anderson. You know, he's, you know, the vintage. I mean, it's kind of one of the one of the bigger vintage guys in the Northwest, at least at the height of vintage. I mean, there's a lot of other killer ones too. But mm. I, I remember he kind of ruined me. Well, 
you were there when we took my uh, the seventy nine Husky two fifty to Woodland, and I blew it up coming down the back straightaway. Oh yeah, I was able to ride his. Uh, I think it's an eighty one or eighty two. I can't remember the years right now of because uh, that was his era of professional racing so he oh, knew those okay, bikes yeah. in and out and right. so right now he would be yelling going like no it's an 81 because of this <laughs> tranny piece and that you know like because right. there was a couple it was just like a couple of years because every once in a while i hit him up i'd see one for sale and be like is this the one you need because he would always buy them because there's a certain year that, that has a good transmission and then there's a certain oh, year that you know right um but i remember he let me race his bike that day because i blew mine up and you know in practice right and i, I that, was yeah. blown away like I could ride that old early eighties YZ two fifty like a brand new YZ two fifty. That's so crazy. And he was just I like, is there anything you don't want me to do? And he's like he goes, just race the thing. Just race it. Yeah. You know? And I came off and I unfortunately I looked at that seventy nine Husqvarna and I was like, You're never gonna be that good. <laughs> and still to this day it's blown up in the shot. And it has still has a hole in the piston. I looked at it today, the head's still off and the whole thing I just started laughing. I was just like are we ever doing anything with that? Yeah, it's Jim Anderson's fault and his, <laughs> his like perfectly prepped uh, YZ250 that I raced at at, uh, <laughs> at Woodland that day. I was just like, there's no way I'm going that fast on that bike, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. there's definitely a guy out there that can make an old Husky go that way. But, I mean, yeah, the sure. amount of time. Because you got to remember with Jim, he – that was his era of racing. Right. So yeah, he, so that was when he game. lived, breathed and raced dirt bikes in the early eighties right there. You know, right. like that was his, you know, national number 19 days, you yeah. know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, that's what he knows. And like, you find, you find a guy that understands bikes like that and you get the opportunity to ride one of those bikes and you're just like, this is epic, you know? Right. And so it's, so it, you had the setup hand like figured out a hundred percent. Yeah. And know? so, yeah, it goes with a lot of those, a lot of those guys that like are just like killer with with building all that stuff like you throw your leg over some of those dirt bikes and like it was killer like probably the best husky i mean jim sotel he was uh, he i remember his couple of his huskies that he had were 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 super badass and i mean i still have a 74 cr elsinore that's still in pieces here in boxes that oh, we've you know and yeah. i bought a couple of like because you can't find tra- like third gear always goes out in those things right but it's like it's almost like we're getting to that age where it's just like the, the vintage stuff is kind of gone a little bit, you know. It's mm-hmm. like more the evolution, and realistically, it's the. I mean, it's we're getting fucking old too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yourself. <laughs> it's, a, it's the evolution of like, uh, you know, it was the pr- anything basically pre seventy four was vintage. Yeah. Then seventy five and up is like evolution, mm-hmm. and then you know, it's, and now it's almost like the Evo bikes are the realistic vintage bikes now because nobody wants to race a bike with four inches of suspension on it they're like no. at least give me an evo bike to race right right so yeah. now you go you know i think that's the kind of the growing pains with some of those you know some of those like the vintage race series is that it's you know it's those a lot of those it's just too old for people you know yeah right they can't figure you know it's just it's too it's too much of a change for people to go that direction it's fun to go even if you don't know like you know just jumping on like finding an old whatever and going and riding it but actually going and like racing it racing it is a little bit different so i think that's where we see like at the at the 125 dream race you see like the some of those you know age classes uh when we talk about bike age classes right yeah like uh taking over and i see that's where there's some growth in the dream races is expanding on that and there's a lot of people hit us up about like hey you should do a vintage day on you know on one of the days or something like that like it's an opportunity but there's tons of stuff we could do the problem and 
the older you get, the more you realize is that time, you'll never have enough time. Oh it's yeah, the time you're always time. you're always up against the clock, and yeah. so either that being doing an event like that or adding more to it. As soon as you, I mean, we've maximized what we do at the dream race. It's like, as soon as you add something else to it, it's like, what are you taking away? Uh Or you're adding a whole nother element that mean that needs more people and more money to like make happen, which then drives up prices of things and you know, stuff gets more expensive. So, you know, maybe it's, it'd be cool to find like the right club or something. Maybe they could like manage their own thing or do something like that, you know, to where there's a, some sort of vintage racing. Cause dude, the best vintage racing that I ever did was there's two of them that I went to. Mm. One was, I think it was like the Northwest vintage series. I can't remember, but it was with Jim Sautel. We went up, Mm. I rode, did I ride? Maybe I rode my, my 79 Husky 250, but, uh, it was, it was up at, uh, man, I'm forgetting the track now that's up, up in Washington. I'll remember it here in a second, but, um, anyhow, uh, uh, we went up there and it was basically a field track, Oh, okay. you know, like went up and down like a little hill, but it was out in the field okay. and the same thing at Washougal, like when they ran the vintage, um, uh, Northwest challenge out in the field, like that was oh, the funnest right. racing. Cause there's no jumps where you're like, I don't want to break this thing in half. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You Steer know? tubes, not that strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but that it's, and then the tracks just developed like the old photos that you saw from the past, you know, it's just, a, it's just right. a berm of grass and dirt, you know, right. and then there's a rut maybe that forms. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're like, you're, you know, racing on the side hill. Sometimes you're, you know, some, sometimes you got a good rut. Some, you know, if it rained a little bit, usually those are in the summer though. So it's a little bit more drier, but right. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that full grassroots racing, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just like full throw back to the beginnings, you know? Right. And sometimes, you know, just like with the RC thing, it's like, sometimes that's the funnest, funnest way to experience it. You know, maybe, maybe not on the newest bikes, it might get boring, but on the old clapper with yeah, two, three, four inches of suspension, just doing a loop track is Right. Dude smiles all day long. Yeah. Know? Well, and that's why I go back and forth, like on the RC track here, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to get rid of the gra- like the grass barrier, you know, like borders, but at the same time, it, then it would allow us to change it up a little bit, a little bit easier maintenance, or right. it won't dig into our drain field. Yeah. I mean, there's that. <laughs> Things like that. Coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been running the ragged for quite a while now. So. Yeah, dirt's has been displaced. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. yeah, but yeah, you've been nailing some, you've been nailing some goals lately. You got the three wheeler ATC seventy running for the snow. Yep, we had an epic session in the snow. The best ride we've had on those things for sure. Yeah, like, it was yeah, primo. It was, it was, that was, was super fun. Yeah, and then the get your get your Suzuki Samurai. Your, got the Samurai. You know yep. your fun four wheel drive to have, and yep. and you know no more quad life. No more quad. Right. Yeah. To sell. Well, yeah. It's, I think as you <laughs> yeah. get older too, you just start real again, it goes back to time, right? You don't it's, have the time for everything. And yeah, then you end up just yeah. looking at this stuff, you know, and right. when you can get off, you know, to go use something else or, or whatever it is. But, um, right. Yep. But yeah, on it now and move on. So just clicking yeah. off those. Well, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch up more later, you know, but I just wanted to kind of kickstart this thing off again and, yeah. and, yeah. uh, chat with, chat with you about some of the fun uh crazy adventures but yeah we'll get i mean the 24-hour stuff will be coming up later this year so maybe we'll do we'll do one about that about 24-hour builds because i know there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out like listen you guys have so much fun around the 24-hour race like how do i get involved (laughs) like what am i what are we doing and it's just get a get an xr air-cooled xr and and you know five other buddies that are that are 
just you know that hate their lower backs as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. And then go out there. You built the XR two fifty this year. You see how the XR two fifty team yep. is like the satellite team. Um, yeah, we got some uh, samurai adventures now that we can go on. Um, maybe we. I mean, we need to drag those. Get your rally out when you go on. You know, uh, some dual sport adventures there. But yeah, um, yeah totally. Once again, bring those the CB and the CL out. Do the um, the greenhorn run. You know, yep. kick that one off again, you know, yep. just go to go do, do it, you know, yep. just to go get back in the, go get back in the woods back there. I mean, when's the last time we rode those things, you think? I mean, we've pulled them out of the shop. I mean, I pulled them out of the shop in less than a year, uh, like, you know, eight months ago. Yeah. I put six volt batteries. That's in them. right. You bought the six volts yeah. for them. Yeah. And, uh, could, I don't think I got yours to go. It needs a carb clean. Got mine to go, but my ignition switch is shot, so it drains the battery out and kills everything. That's right. So yeah, that was the summer you had them out. It was, yeah, like early summer. That's yeah. Right. That's right. So prior to that, it was probably two years before we, like, touched them. So yeah. It's been a, been a minute. They've been sitting more than anything. So. Well, and that's what I laugh like in there. It's like you, when you walk through all the bikes, it's like there's the there's the 125s for the Dream Race. There's, like, the old XRs that I've done, like, hangover scrambles on kits 21 and hammered event on oh right yeah. yeah yeah there's the there's the xr 600 which now is down at cc coffee but like oh it's still down yeah, there, yeah. but there's yeah. the xr and then you xr does the 24-hour bikes right then you turn the corner and it's like oh there's the there's the husky 501 that's the dual sport bike adventure yep. bikes you know riding across the country with rory and you know yeah, like we're right. saying yep. you could take your rally you know, doing all kinds of fun dual sport events and and yeah, we'll just just riding stuff. everywhere. I mean, shit, I've raced that thing multiple times too. True, I did the yeah. China hat on it with with blinkers and oh yeah, huh? <laughs> license plate no horn. Uh, uh. And then uh, yeah, the China hat race on that that was a good time. Um, the whoops try to eat the <laughs> when you're oh, racing man, through the whoops, they try to eat the there. yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then we have the vintage bikes. We have the we have the 400 cross. Um, Husky, Husky yeah. 81 Husky 400 or 81. It's 81, huh? Uh, no, it's a 71. Oh, 71. Yeah. Oh, the 400 cross. Yeah. yeah with the chainsaw. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's like the mode of the Northwest bike basically now. Um, yeah. If you see the stickers, that's what it is. <laughs> right. Uh, the Ted Husk. Uh -huh. And then yep. uh, there's a good, good story about that one that's on mode of the Northwest. You can check out. But uh, uh, then we get into the yeah CL uh cb there's the trials bike you know i try to do a couple trials events a year um yeah I'll then you just have right you know race bikes uh you know yeah it's just like yeah, i laugh it because is. it's like i try to tell myself like every bike's in the shop i have to have a reason for it right so you have to keep using it you know and you have to keep you know doing all these things and then it's like you know all the time and stuff you know and yeah. You know, it's just, it is, it is what it is, but Otherwise, it's funny. It's like, it here, you know? yeah, it's yeah. like a, a lot of those bikes like really aren't worth a whole lot at all, but yeah, if no. you, there are worth more that you just, if you use them and have fun on them, you know, otherwise they're right. like, like those XRs are like, I don't know, 500, 800 bucks, something like that, right. you know, yeah. depending You're on really what, not getting much out of it. Yeah. 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 But, <clears throat> but yeah, you just got to keep, keep on using them and keep on, you know, doing one thing or another. I mean, the hangover scramble got canceled this year at Washougal, but we did it here. Oh, that's true. We, <laughs> we did. did the neighborhood yep. hangover scramble, so yep. we were able to get that one out of out of the gate and done. So, so yeah, we'll catch back that's up true. later on in, in the year and, oh, and sure. keep some going. What I mean, what's the next goal you got? What, what do we? I mean, uh, we'll do the twenty four hour. What do you want to do? The, you, 
adventure on the samurai. <laughs> well, that's as soon as it's legal, like we're doing stuff. So yeah, yeah I'm just waiting on papers and <laughs> plates and signals, and I, there's work that has to get done. But uh, I mean, that will be upcoming for sure. Um, past that, uh, do I have to create an event for you no, to use no. like the rally or the samurai? <laughs> no. Well, we're going on the ride. Uh, we're going to do a ride like at the end of March into April when my dad's in town. So that's, that's going right. to be a pretty epic deal. Maybe I'll try and film that and get, get something going for that. That's going to be an interesting day. So, yeah. Now it's right uh, around the time I turn 42. So I'm sure we'll do, be doing something motorcycle related. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know that'll be upcoming and, uh, yeah. in the short term is yeah. Just to, like doing a little bit of work on the YouTube channels and just trying to iron some stuff out and get the second channel going. That's yeah. the other big thing right now. And then, before you know it, dude, it's going to be spring, and I'm going to be you know digging dirt and making jumps for RC cars, and yeah. and then hopefully planning some more trips for some <laughs> dirt bike rides this year. So yep. uh, I'm really looking forward to some desert trips and and uh, maybe hitting an ISD. We were talking about that the other oh, day. Oh yeah, so, get you out for one of those you know, devil's heads, something so, like that. Yeah, that might be fun. So so yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that stuff as time goes, and and uh, yeah, yeah, just see see kind of how it all works out. So cool. We'll chat then. All right, man.